the NFL trade deadline came and it went and we will discuss some of the big time trades that happened in this year's NFL trade deadline including Chase Young to the 49ers, Leonard Williams to the Seahawks and Josh Dobbs to the Minnesota Vikings. We will also discuss the big time headlines from week 8 including Kirk Cousins out for the year with a torn Achilles, the Vegas Raiders have fired Josh McDaniels and their general manager. We will discuss that and a whole lot more. We'll get to the week eight score lines. We will also get to week nine in the NFL, making our predictions for that. So keep it locked. Stay tuned. We got a lot more football talk coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. Welcome back to another episode of Baller Island. Jay Sahoda, Allah Lahi. A lot to get to, as always, on another episode here on the island. We got a lot of football to talk about. The trade deadline came and went, and we got a lot of big moves to discuss there. We got a coach, our first coach fired of the NFL season. We're not even at the halfway point of the season. We will get to that as well, and the absolute train wreck that's going down in Vegas right now with the Raiders. Big injury at the quarterback position with Kirk Cousins just when we thought the Vikings were finally hitting their stride. Their season is just about over. We'll talk about that. The Niners continues to lose. We'll get to that as well. And some big news in the basketball world that actually just broke probably about an hour ago. One of the greatest basketball coaches of all time, the great Bobby Knight, passed away at 83. Bobby Knight was by far one of the greatest basketball icons out there. Of course, he coached Indiana for the longest time. I think it was probably about almost 30 years that he coached there. Uh, spent time at Army where he actually coached Coach K at Army um, and spent a few years at Texas Tech as well and actually went to Ohio State as a player. But just to go through some of the some of the accolades that Bobby Knight was able to accomplish during his coaching career, he was a, I was a one-time champion as a player, but then won three titles as a coach, five Final Four appearances, 11 Big Ten championships. He was a three-time AP Coach of the Year uh, winner, and then a one-time Naismith Coach of the Year champion. And he was also a Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame inductee of 1991. Uh, salary to start off the episode, B. Yeah, tough. I mean, like you said, he's... Definitely. I mean, he's probably him and Warden um, out of the old cats that are, are up there for that. Like you said, um, you named off all his accolades, but I mean, like, that's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of weird. Like when you look back at it, like his approach to coaching and how nuts and crazy it was. But like, it's one of those things like it, they don't make them like that anymore. You know, like it's a yeah. real like old school kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> Hey man, it, it got the job done, but uh, it's he was he still like he still he still won games. He was still good at his job, and I mean like all all the stuff that came with it was just like you know that's kind of why coaching's a little bit different than it was then. Yeah, and he also coached the American team back in 1984 as well in the gold medal mm-hmm. gold medal um, in the Olympics as well. But yeah, to to put it into perspective. People that are listening that don't know a lot about Bobby Knight. Um, Bobby Knight was famously known for tossing a chair into the middle of the court for getting pissed off at a ref. He And yes, he got ejected from that game. So I'm pretty sure most people have heard of that story. Did they know who the coach was or not? Yes, that was the great Bobby Knight. So yeah, I think you put it into perspective well. He was, um, yeah, he was, he was an interesting dude. I mean, there was definitely a lot of stories um, out there that his approach was a lot but then again obviously the the time that he coached him was a whole lot different than it is now mm-hmm. um, and I think because coach K played under that that's why coach K was like that when he first started out at Duke he was like that man he was not mm-hmm. like the really calm dude that we've known him for like the last few years before he retired nah nah he was like there was a point where coach K needed to take away like he needed to take time away because his health was so bad because he was going off on people and he's admitted to it that he got a lot of that from Bobby Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, definitely his, his coaching style was a little bit much, but with what he accomplished, the numbers don't lie. And yes, mm-hmm. when you look back at it, 
Bobby Knight one of, was one of the greatest basketball coaches to do it um, at the college level, and he, he's an Indiana legend for what he was able yeah. to do. But, I mean, we, we could not start the episode off by uh, by acknowledging that. That's a tough one. It's funny because I was just pointing this out um, the other day. We were talking about uh, teachers losing their cool, and it's funny because I looked over to one of my friends and I was like, Bobby Knight. <laughs> and I was like, that, that's the first one because – the prof asked us, and they're like, "Do you remember, or like, have, do you know anyone in anything that's, you know, lost their cool in a situation?" And I'm like, "Do Bobby Knight chuck the chair in the middle of a court in a game?" I'm like, "That's the first thing that came to mind." So yeah, but hey, like Indiana basketball, like anybody that knows basketball is like Indiana basketball has like facts. has some stuff behind it, and it's like, you know. Even if you don't really know follow college or you don't know the history of it, you've heard of Indiana basketball and, and Hoosers and all that kind of stuff. And it, it's much more than him being like that kind of character. Like he, in terms of like he had a specific way he wanted his guys to play. Yeah. That at that time, I mean, nobody else, like I get it was super, super fundamental basketball, but like, they were just the best at it. And that was kind of one of those, like, I mean, even to this day, everybody in Indiana is like, Indiana basketball is the best way to play basketball because it's super, like, pure basketball, right? Yeah. Like, so it's kind of like he started, I mean, he was, like, at the whole beginning of, like, this whole, like, product of the game. And that's kind of what, like, Coach K kind of followed with. Yeah, no, 100%. He was 100% like that. Um, but like you said, it's the rich history that obviously Indiana basketball has not been there since. I know they had some great runs with Tom Green a few years back, and now Mike Woodson's kind of helping them put them back on the map. But really, Indiana basketball, like you said, they wouldn't be who they are, and the program like wouldn't be identified as who they are right now in their history without Bobby Knight and what he was able to do at Indiana for them. So I, I think that's a good call that you made, that there's so much rich history there, and he played a significant part in that happening. Yeah, no, I mean, that's kind of like when you mentioned the Army thing and all of that, like he was, you know, that showed in his coaching style. Like, yes, he was hard at them at practice, all that kind of stuff, and it was just like the – basically like the army like it's the attention to detail is is crazy like everything has to be done a certain way um and like you are not cutting no corners in that kind of practice and it's like the practices is like the real old school mentality where it's like the practices are harder than the games you know what i mean so that's why every time they played the game it was like it looked way better like it was all crisp and then you don't see the behind the scenes stuff of what's going on at practice which i'm sure was was not fun for those guys Facts. Yeah, no, I would not want to be in a practice led by him. Like, not not a single bit. Um, but, yeah. But, anyways, as as we move on to um, the football stuff, but, obviously, p- thoughts and prayers out there to the Knight family. Um, and I'm sure the basketball world will be will be mourning this for the next few days, and they'll be talking about it. Um, and, obviously, looking back at, at the memories from Bobby Knight, who passed away today at 83. Alrighty, moving on to the gridiron, some big time headlines to cover here. And the trade deadline was yesterday, a lot of moves to get to, but I think the Raiders situation and the absolute dumpster fire that's going on there, I think we got to start with the Vegas Raiders before we head to the trade deadline stuff, because this is just like, I don't even know where to start with the Raiders because this is just a hot mess. So the Raiders decided to part ways with general manager David Ziegler, who they just brought in last season, to part ways with Josh McDaniels, who they just brought in last season. And halfway through year two of this new regime, they are both gone. Mark Davis has lost his patience. They're both gone. Antonio Pierce who is a former linebacker for the Giants, he will now be the new interim head coach for the Raiders. There's a lot to digest here, B, and I'm not sure where you kind of stand on this situation, but 
I just look at the Raiders and I'm like, they are just, um, they've been a mess for years mm-hmm. and they continue to be an absolute mess. And dude, I'm 100% with you. And I don't blame, honestly, I don't blame it. Like that, like I feel like they have a lot of talent on their team too. Like I'm not saying like, you know, championship talent, but they got some players on their team. Like there's no reason for the last couple of years they should be this bad. You know what I mean? They've had mm-hmm. decent guys. Um, but dude, it really fell apart um, on Monday night. I think when when Jimmy missed Devontae Adams a handful of times, and it was like, okay, because then Devontae Adams is like, you know what? I came here to play with Derek Carr. He's you guys got rid of him. Now I'm playing with Jimmy. Jimmy can't stay healthy, and when he's healthy, he can't hit me. I should have had 150 yards and two touchdowns that game. Um, McDaniels, like you said, got here last. He's they signed McDaniels to a six-year deal. Mm-hmm. He's going to be getting paid for like four and a half more years. Um, I think, uh, honestly, I, as much as I love McDaniels, but like his head, his head coaching days are, are probably done. Like, I don't see, I don't know what he has to do. He's, I feel like he's just going to be a coordinator for a long time after this. Um, and now Devontae Adams, like. I get. I feel like you know they should have done him a solid and got traded him or something. But they're paying him a lot of money, uh, and I get. I get what like Mark Davis is saying. You're paying Garoppolo. You're paying Josh like or Josh Jacob wants a deal. Um, Devontae Adams just has a huge deal. Like Max Crosby's making money. Like there's a lot of guys making money. Why are we garbage every single year? So um, I'm. Dude, he has to me. I think the general manager, I mean, the owner has every right to be extremely frustrated with this. That being said, though, he's also a major part for this because he can't he can't stick together with anything for too long. He's just like constantly changing everything, and I feel like there has to be a little bit continuity in this. But um, I don't know. I feel like it's 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 it should be like you you there should they shouldn't have to wait anymore. Like we know what McDaniel's is. We know what you know, we need an answer at quarterback. We've been needing an answer for a quarterback. Start fresh again. Let's just see it and just start fresh and try and do it the right way this time. But it's a mess, man. It's it's awful. It's I don't I just don't understand how many damn times you're gonna do this if you're the Raiders. Like they they've had it right twice, in my opinion, here. They had it right with Jack Del Rio. I think it was from twenty 15 to 17, I'd like to say. The Raiders weren't great, but they were good. They were a playoff team. In fact, they have even won 12 wins one of those seasons. Now it's Derek Carr's best season, and really mm-hmm. the only reason why that came to a wild-card finish is because Derek Carr suffered an ACL in like week 16 or 17, whatever it was at that time. And then they had to start a third stringer in the wild-card round. If not, if Derek Carr stayed healthy, who knows where the Raiders could have gone that season. Jack Del Rio ends up getting fired. Then you have the John Gruden experiment. You pull him back into coaching for Raiders round two. That was a disaster. That never really got going. They were good, and then they weren't good, and then they were good. It was a it was an epic roller coaster, and it just blew up in their face because of off field issues. Gruden is out. Basaccia is in. Basaccia does an excellent job. The Raiders are playing great football. They couldn't lose. They ripped off, what was it, like four or five straight to win the uh, to end the season. They end up against the Bengals, who ended up going to the Super Bowl that year, and the Raiders took them all the way down to the final play of that mm-hmm. wild card game. The Raiders were good. They were, on the, they were on the rise. And this was not long ago. This was a year and a half ago. Raiders were on the rise. Then Mark Davis decides to, let's go and get the big name. Let's get the big fish. Basaccia is not the big name. He's not the big fish. Basaccia goes to Green Bay. Let's bring in Josh McDaniels. Let's bring him in from New England. Let's get let you know. Let's get this this, this Patriots you know this Patriot way in here and, and let, let's try to win games. They bring in Josh McDaniels year one. They trade for Devontae. Okay, Raiders look good. Raiders were horrendous last season. They were awful. They didn't know what they were going to do. They're like, okay, Derek Carr's not my guy. We're going to ship Derek Carr to New Orleans. He's gone. 
They bench him late in the season. Again, you don't really know what you're going at quarterback. Okay, let's bring in Jimmy. Jimmy is my guy. He was with me in New England. He knows my system. Let's see how that goes. Jimmy hasn't done anything different than what he was in San Francisco. This dude got hurt like two games into the season. Already missed three games. And it's just been a disaster. I'm not going to lie. You know me. I love Jimmy. I love the dude. But he was garbage on Monday night against Detroit. I'm not going to. That was actually one of the what? Like, I don't even think I've seen him make some stupid plays as a 49er. But I don't think I've ever seen Jimmy have like a just an awful game from like beginning to end. Monday night was that it. He was he was awful. And I don't blame Devontae for being like his stats were garbage. He was like 10 for 24. Um, first half I think he threw for like 15 years. It was it was bad. It was bad. And I can understand why this ended up happening when it did. But for the Raiders as an organization, where in the hell are you going? The Raiders have not been good. In years, they've had one good, like I just mentioned, they had a small stint with Jack Del Rio where they were good. And they've had a literal, like, split second of a stint with Rick Passaccia. They didn't even give Rich Passaccia a chance. Imagine they did mm-hmm. give him a chance. I wonder where they would go. But who knows? That's a big what if that we're not going to do now. What are they going to What is Mark Davis going to do? Oh, Passaccia, want to come back? If I'm him, I'm going to be like, no, I don't want to come back. You had a chance to sign me in the first place and you didn't. So, I don't know what the Raiders are going to do because now they need to find a new GM. Now they need to find a new coach. Now they need to find a new quarterback. Devontae Adams is going to leave. Like, there's no shot this dude is staying in Vegas because he's like, hey, I got I to gotta win a Super Bowl. Like, I don't got many more years left in my prime. I got to leave and I got to go play with a legitimate quarterback because he is wasting his time as a Raider right now. The Raiders are a disaster, man. And it's, it's very disappointing because, like you said, they don't have an awful roster. Like, when you look at this team, I'm not going to lie. Going into the season, I was like, I don't know. Like, their O-line is a disaster. I'm not going to lie. I, like, I can't pick you. I cannot, like, pin out or point out, like, a single, like, good player on that offensive line. They got decent receivers. They got Devontae. You got Jacoby Myers. You got Josh Jacobs. You have guys you could build around on the offensive side. You just need a quarterback and an offensive line to protect that quarterback. Defensively, they're not bad. And Monday night against the Lions... They were not bad, and I could not remember the last time I could tell you the Raiders had a good defense because they haven't. They haven't a good defense, and I don't know how long they haven't had a good defense, led by Max Crosby, who is one of the better defensive linemen in football. So my question here goes, it just really starts with Mark Davis for me. What the hell are you doing? Like, you you have to get this one right. If you don't get this one right, you should be the one, like, gone. Dude, I, I'm with you. I think um, there's a couple of points I'm going to say here. And it's like, you know, the, the two times you mentioned the Raiders being like, I mean, maybe not good, but like solid, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, like kind of fringy. What I think is, I mean, and this is like the Al Davis kind of way where they try to like, they, they try to band-aid the roster the whole time. Facts. Where it's like, oh my God, we're like, we're like, you know, we're frisky against some of these, some of these good teams. Let's go get Devontae Adams. That's going to get us over the hump. But then what did you just say? You can't name a single guy on their own line. Like, what does it matter if you have Devontae Adams if they can't do anything on the, in the trenches, right? Like, and that's the, that's the Al Davis way. It's like, let's go get the big names. Let's go get those kind of guys, you know. But, I mean, the, the non-flashy stuff, that's why they've never had a good defense, is because – who cares? You know what I mean? It's like, we'll go get, um, or we'll, you know, Josh Jacobs is our guy. We can go lead him, but no, we need an O-line. We need some defense. You know, we can win games that way and not just have it, you know, throwing it around all the time. Um, now the second point is Gruden signed a 10 year deal, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. It was some gig- gigantic deal. So, so you're telling me for the next 15 years, <laughs> the Raiders are paying, Gruden and McDaniels like a combined like what 18 mil a year <laughs> every year for the next 15 years so you know where those ticket sales at, at Allegiant Stadium are going to going straight to Josh McDaniels and John Gruden's bank account hey, so if if you're Mark Davis and like I mean 
he knows he screwed up. That's the cost right there for screwing up. There you go. You have to pay 18 mil a year for 15 years. The two coaches that don't play work for you. All right, so you want numbers, B. I'm going to give you some numbers right now. The last time the Raiders won a playoff game was 21 years ago, and that was 2002. That was 2002 that the Raiders went to the Super Bowl and lost to John Gruden and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 2002 was the last time the Raiders won a playoff game. The Raiders have been to the playoffs twice since 2002 and those were both the instances that I talked about 2016 with Del Rio they went 12 and 4 lost in the wild card round because Derek Carr got hurt and then in 2021 with Passaccia two years ago they lost to the Bengals on the final play of the game Bengals end up going to the Super Bowl now here's an even more here's an even crazier number since 2002 the Raiders have won double digit wins in a season twice since 2002 wow. twice and that wow. was 2016 and 2021 other than that since 2002 when they went 11 and 5 and lost the super bowl they have gone 4 and 12 5 and 11 4 and 12 2 and 14 4 and 12 5 and 11 5 and 11 a couple 8 and 8 seasons a couple 4 and 12 seasons 3 and 13 7 and 9 6 and 10 4 and 12 7 and 9 you get the just like that's actually kind of surprising. I thought they were a little more stingy than that. I thought they were a little more stingy than that, but like be pretty much our entire lifetime. We have not seen the Raiders good for our entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. And we have seen mm-hmm. and look, we have we have seen look, in our in our lifetime, we have seen like the franchises that have been complete garbage for a majority of of our lifetime. It has been the Rams, the Browns, the Jaguars, uh, the Lions, and the commanders, right? Those, those have been the teams that have been like just absolute shit for pretty much our entire life. B, we have seen the Jacksonville Jaguars make an AFC championship game. We have seen the Cleveland Browns make the divisional round. We have seen the commanders win the division a few times. And we have seen the Los Angeles Rams win a Super Bowl. We have seen it all happen. And in fact, we've even seen the Jets make back-to-back AFC championship appearances with Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez. I know it's been a hot minute for them. It's been a, over a decade. They got Even the, the Bills make the AFC yes, championship. Yes, there was a time where, we, yeah, the Bills were garbage for the longest time in our, in our basically, our, our childhood. And we've seen the Bills make the AFC championship. The Bills are now good again, right? The Bills are now one of the better teams. In the, we have now lived to see that day where Buffalo is hosting playoff games. But the Raiders are the only freaking team that we have not seen do anything for pretty much our entire lifetime. So that's where I'm saying, like, this is an organizational problem. And it's like, look, if you're so, like, you know, historic and whatever, the Al Davis could have done it. Now it's up to Mark Davis, but they have done squats since 2002. That's been 20 years, man. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I don't even know what their next step is because, I mean, you think it's get a quarterback, but, I mean, that's Oof. like, they're not bad enough to even get one of the top guys. Like, I don't know. It's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster, man. It just you gotta it, find the right coach. You gotta find the GM. Just seemed like yesterday we were in we were in Vegas for Jimmy G's signing day, and we're like, all right, a new you know new regime, new year for the Raiders, right? Refreshing environment. I feel bad for Jimmy G. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I, I feel bad for the guy. I know he played like complete trash, but like I feel bad for the guy. Like he that dude just cannot catch a break because now on top of all of that. They signed Jimmy Garoppolo to this three-year deal. He got paid, like, what, 70 mil for the three-year deal. Jimmy G is now going to be sitting his ass on the bench for the remainder of the season in favor of young Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, I think he might be done now, dude. I don't know if he's got to do more starting. Like, Opportunities. Real starting yeah. years left. Yeah. I think he might just be a, a gap quarterback at this point or – or, you know, even a bench guy. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, just, I feel awful for Jimmy. Like, he's a he's a good dude. He's a good quarterback. But, yeah, well, I mean, his, he didn't play good when he was on the field. And then he's hurt. And it was just, it was a disaster. And that's where I feel bad for him. Because his ending to his Niners tenure was all kinds of awkward and ugly. And then you go to Vegas. And I'm like, all right, it's a new start for him. He's going to get an opportunity. Raiders are going to be scrappy. 
and it's just been a train wreck since the minute that it started. So, and Aiden O'Connell can ball. That kid can actually give the Raiders a little bit of a, um, a little bit positivity during this dark time for them. But I mean, this is an organization that prides themselves on history and the silver and black. And you know, there's all this history and it's like, you guys haven't done anything, man. So I agree with you. I don't know where, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what the next step is. I don't know what the next move is, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. So we'll see what they do in the off season. It's going to be a very intriguing off season for the Raiders because if not now, when, you know what I'm saying? Like, at least the Broncos, who haven't been good since Peyton Manning left, at least they're taking chances. They're willing to swing, you know what I'm saying? They're swinging. They've missed a ton of times. And they just went out and embarrassed the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's still a positive. When we were like, what the hell are we doing with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? This is looking like an absolute dumpster fire here, too. And then they go out and do that on Sunday. At least they're showing a little bit of fight. You know what I'm saying? Um, but man, that's just, that's just brutal. All right. Trade deadline. Let's get to it. Um, the Vikings made a move here at quarterback. And that is obviously because Kirk cousins tore his Achilles in green Bay on Sunday. I feel, uh, speaking of feeling awful for quarterbacks, I feel awful for Kirk cousins, man. Like this Mm. dude, number one, he's coming off of a career night against the Niners on Monday night where he played lights out football. Things are looking on the rise for the Vikings. They all of a sudden were like, well, the Vikings could end up being a playoff team. And they probably Mm -hmm. were at that point. They were rocking and rolling. And not only that, but Kirk Cousins is playing for his job right now. Like he, he knows that he's likely not coming back to Minnesota. So he's got to try and put something on tape for somebody else to give him a chance. And now he can't even do that. And that's obviously going to hinder him in free agency because now you're coming off of a torn Achilles. So that's going to hinder him moving forward to going into free agency. That sucks. Like you don't want to go into free agency coming off of a big time injury like that. I feel awful for Kirk Cousins. I feel awful for Justin Jefferson, the Minnesota Vikings, because their season went from 0-3 of really up start to, whoa, we've won four out of our last five. Here we go. We're right in the thick of things to our season's over. Yeah, dude, that, that, Oh, I was pulling really hard for the Vikings this year. I thought they were going to be pretty solid. And then, then, I mean, it was kind of like when Jefferson got hurt, it's like, oh, that's a wrap. But Captain Kirk kept a minute, and it's like, hold on, we're playing so good right now. Jefferson's going to come back now because you kept us afloat. Yep. Um, And now he's done now. It's like, do we even bring Jefferson back? Like, why bring him back? Um, But I think – Honestly, the, the fact that they traded for Josh Dobbs kind of makes me think at least they're going to try and stay relevant this year and still kind of make a push to win games because otherwise um, I feel like they wouldn't even bother doing that. Yeah, I mean, the rookie Jaron Hall is going to get the start this week against Atlanta, but I think eventually Josh Dobbs will probably end up getting a start. Um, you know, he got traded from Cleveland to Arizona was pretty decent in Arizona, not going to lie. And then Arizona says, all right, we're going to ship you off to Minnesota. I don't know what the hell the Cardinals are doing. Is Kyler coming back? I don't know what they're doing in Arizona, and who gives a shit? But for Minnesota, um, yeah, I think Dobbs going them is going to help them. Is going to help them stay a little relevant for sure. But how relevant? Like, it's just, it's it's not the same. Like, Dobbs is going to go out there. He might win you a few games. Michael 8-8, eight 7-10. and, eight, seven and 10. But I don't know, is it enough for them to be a playoff team at the end of this thing? I mean, like we talked about last week, the seven seed is still an absolute crapshoot at this point. Like, it is, like there's like five teams that I could probably be like, hey, you have a shot to end up getting the seven seed. I mean, the, the Rams were one of those teams, and the Rams got the doors blown off of them in Dallas on Sunday. So it's st- it is still wide open. Like, would I be surprised if we're sitting here in the first week of January and say, well, the Minnesota Vikings have a still of a shot in week 18 and they're eight and eight going into week 18. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. And Josh Dobbs can do that, but again, but it's just, it's not the same. It's not the same man. And with captain Kirk, not there, it's just, it's a brutal, brutal blow uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. It's, it is brutal. And then obviously we, we talked about the Raiders benching um, Garoppolo, the Falcons also, decided to move on here. They will be starting Taylor Heineke on Sunday in favor of Desmond Ritter. They benched Ritter at halftime with the Titans game, started Heineke. He looked good. I got to tell you, 
I actually think I like Taylor Heineke better for the Atlanta Falcons than Desmond Ritter. Dude, are you like I I feel like me and you are like big Tyler Heineke fans. Like I don't know. Yeah, we I'm are. Just, I'm a hundred percent with you. Like I love I love me some Taylor Heineke. Yeah. Um, Den- Desmond Ritter didn't do didn't do much for me at all. I mean, Heineke's just Heineke always found like like he he had games where like how are you winning this game? You know what I mean? And I feel like um, that's kind of what the Falcons need. It's like really are they really gonna win this game? Like, and it's funny uh, because Taylor Heineke always seems to start his seasons midway through the se- <laughs> midway through the season with the commanders it was always they're like three and three they bench you know whoever it was whether it was haskins or Brissett or fitzpatrick whoever it was at the time he's getting benched heineke's coming in and the commanders find themselves in the playoffs happened almost every single time the falcons are exactly kind of like that the falcons are what four and four right now they are well in the race for the division in the NFC South. They're well in the, you know, they're right there with a chance to make the playoffs. And Heineke might as well just take them there, man. They have enough talent around them. You got London, you got Bijan, you got Pitts, you got, you know, Cordero, uh, Patterson, you know, all these dudes. You got a lot of talent around you. And I think Heineke can make it happen for the Falcons, man. The Duke, Duke and Ball. Yeah, dude, uh, I think uh, it's, I mean, it's still them and the, the Saints that are right there. I think they're they're still even. Like they, the Falcons still have got just as good of a shot as anybody to get that that last spot or even win the division. For sure, hundred percent for sure. And and we'll see what Heineke does. But I I honestly think he might just give the Falcons a better shot to win here down the stretch over Young Desmond Ritter. Um, so that I think it's safe to say that experiment is done pretty much as good as done for the Atlanta Falcons. Speaking of experiment, is the Ryan Tannehill experiment finally over in Tennessee? I think so. I think so, dude. And I never even understood the time Ryan Tannehill. I never even got that, dude. I always thought he was. Can you believe? Can you, can you believe Ryan Tannehill played in in an AFC Championship game for the Titans, dude? That's it's, it's kind of crazy to say that now, like. Every year the ta- the Titans were like, you know, good. I was just like, no, like you, Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback. It, was, I, dude, it feels like ages ago he was on the Dolphins and he was bad. Like, facts. That feels like forever ago. But um, what Will Levis, Will Levis did in his one game did more in all of Ryan Tannehill's season. Like this shouldn't even be. Like, this should be case closed. Like. He's gonna get another start this week, and if he's like, if he's just not awful, it's his job now. Like, you, there's no way. Tennessee has not had a spark on offense <laughs> ever, dude. Like, when was the last time you watched a Tennessee offense and been like, what a throw? You know what? Oh, what a throw! <laughs> that's a good point. Like, yeah, what a throw! <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. It's it's always like Derrick Henry. It's been Derrick Henry throwing with eight, with eight guys on his back. The last time I said oh. what a throw in a Titans game, it was Derrick Henry throwing a two yard pass on the goal line to an O lineman. Dude, I I wonder <laughs> if Mike Vrabel's like, oh my god, we're allowed to score more than seventeen points? Like that's a thing. Wait a second. So, dude, I, I don't even know why. We can we can like, finally take the load off of Derrick Henry. Wow. Oh my god. We actually have a chance now. We and then uh, Derrick Henry's gonna be like. Wait a second. Why does it feel like there's only six guys on the field? There's not eleven guys in the box. I don't have to run the ball thirty-three times a game and run for two hundred and fifty to have my to have a chance to win a game. Oh my god. Yeah. No. Will Will Levis was was really good, and I, I agree with you. I don't think it's a discussion. And fire jerseys too. Oh, I love the Oilers jerseys. The Oilers jerseys are sick. I just like all the throwback jerseys. Even Seattle's jerseys, man. I hate the Hawks, but like those jerseys were sick. Like, all the throwback jerseys that everyone's been wearing, just fire. But yeah, the Oilers jerseys were awesome. Um, but, yeah, I, I think so, man. If he, he goes in tomorrow night in Pittsburgh and gets an upset against that defense, it's over. Tannehill is back up for the rest of his career. Um, back to the trade deadline. We talked about Josh Dobbs. Um, there was a ton on defense. Leonard Williams got traded from the Giants to the Seahawks. Montez Sweat to the Bears. Chase Young. So the Niners pair him with Nick Bosa, uh, Kevin Byard to the Eagles, Rasul Douglas to Buffalo. 
and then a couple on offense, Donovan People Jones to the Lions, and then Ezra Cleveland to Jacksonville. I think that that's a sneaky good one. No one thinks an old lineman is a good is a is a good pickup, but I think with Jacksonville, who already has a strong offensive line, that was a, that was a sneaky good move for Jacksonville. Uh, but any of the defensive ones, which one stood out to you the most? I mean, it's one hundred percent your your trade and um, the Kevin Byer to Philly. I think are the top two. I think just anytime like the contenders added, you know, all pro kind of guy, it's like whoa. Um, but I know that that saved your week, man, because you were having <laughs> a hell week after after that Bengals game. But no, like that defense, just like. I mean, can your roster one through fifty-three get any more stacked? Like, I, I, this is like one to fifty-three. I can't even tell you how many teams I've seen that are better than this. I'm telling you, man. The first thing that came to mind right now is like, we better not lose another football game the rest of the season. Not even that. Like, just even if we do lose another football game this season, if we don't win the Super Bowl. This would be one of the biggest travesties, like, in 49ers history. Honestly, when you, like you just said, you look at this roster from top to bottom. How would that... Dude, this defense has Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, Chase Young, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Talanoa Hufanga, and Traverius Ward on the same defense. There, like, if we don't sack Trevor Lawrence in two weeks, like ten times, I, I, there was something wrong here. Like, if St- Steve Wilkes has got to be sitting there, being like, "Yo, like, it, there is no shot that we go out and perform like the way we have the last three weeks." Would we just added Chase friggin' Young to our defense? Like, it makes no sense to me because right now our defense is hot trash. And that was without Chase Young. And without Chase Young, we were pretty freaking loaded already. And now you added Chase Young to this. So I'm kind of sitting there like, I'm actually kind of nervous. I'm more so nervous than I am like amped. Because if we were 7-1 and one sitting here making this trade, I'm like, oh my God, it's over. But we're not. We're having a hard time like literally coughing on a quarterback, let alone sacking a quarterback. So they got to figure out their ish during this bye week first. And I am hoping to God that Chase Young comes in. He is re-energized. He's ready to go. You know, it, it new. You know, just a, a lot of a lot of new for him. You know, Washington coming from Washington, to San Francisco, it's a big deal for a young player like Chase Young. You were never. You're not used to winning. Now you're coming to a team that is ready and trying to win a Super Bowl. I'm hoping Chase Young comes out here and he's like, "What do I got to do to win here, man?" Because he could open things up a lot for this defensive line because the last time we had a guy line up across Nick Bosa, that was D Ford in 2019, and D Ford was a beast that year, and Nick Bosa was a friggin' beast in 2019. I'm hoping that that ends up happening, but this Niners defense, this whole this Niners team has gotta, they gotta show me something before I can really truly get excited about adding Chase Young. But like like you said, how can you not get excited? Dude, uh, but that's a good point because, I mean, we haven't seen the Bengals' offense look good all year. Oh, and God. They're going to look like Hall of Famers on I Sunday. Mean, I know, and it's like, well, I guess Joe Burrow just, you know, found his groove again because he was making your defense look like... Everybody is. Like that's, PJ Walker's looking like, you know, Hall of Famer. Right. Kirk Cousins looking like Brady. Joe Burrow's looking like Montana. You know, honestly, Trevor Lawrence is looking at this matchup and being like, whew, I could come out and look like the, the best Jaguars quarterback of I could go coming out here looking like, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. I mean, do we want to stay on this game? Because, dude, I, like, there's a lot. Cause, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can head over to that one for sure. Because... I mean, three losses in a row. Like, we're talking, ah, uh, man, like, this team is way too stacked for for you to lose three games in a row. Like, and this is what, uh, way, like, in the off season when I was like, hey, dude, if if Purdy turns into a pumpkin for a couple games stretch, we seen Shanahan pull the plug, like, early on, guys. I wonder what happens. Now it's kind of like, you know, if he missed this game, uh, like this past week, 
And I was like, dude, imagine if Sam Darnold comes in and Sam Darnold lights it up. Like, you never know. But I, I think this is why, dude, quarterback is still the most important thing in the world. Like, you can have all of this stocked roster, bro. If you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter. Like, ah, uh, my view, like, you just, like, flex sealing all, all the holes, but it's like, you really need that one. You just need Purdy to play like he was last year and earlier this year, and then it's fine. It doesn't matter. what Chase Young doesn't matter. But if he's playing like he has the last three weeks, dude, Chase Young is not going to do nothing. Like, it, nope. it just comes down to Purdy. Like, that's it. No, and our, and our offensive line is not has not been good. And I think that's the underrated thing here that – people haven't been talking about people are saying oh purdy's been horrible he's turning the ball over this defense can't do anything well our offensive line has not been great either we're not protecting but purdy's under duress like every two plays and now we just lost we were already without trying trent williams with an ankle injury and now aaron banks our left guard is going to apparently miss a few games which is huge because banks has been unreal the last year and a bit so now he's down and our whole right side is very questionable so our offensive line is a bit of a disaster right now, and that's a huge problem because if they're not healthy and they're not ready to rock, Purdy's not ready to rock, and then this is, everything kind of falls falls apart. So I'm kind of looking at our offensive line. I'm hoping and praying that we get Trent Williams back for Week 10 off the bye week. I think we will, and if we do, that's going to be huge. But no question, Brock. Here, here, here's the thing with Brock Purdy. He hasn't played like complete garbage i know i was looking at the interceptions the interceptions have been awful like bad like not good at all that the one like interception where we get the ball back off a turnover first play interceptions like come on man like what are you doing that right there i'm like you you can't do that and i don't know what's going on with brock but the turnovers need to stop because when he doesn't turn the ball over we don't lose and when he does turn the ball over all we do is lose so this is becoming almost like a Jimmy Garoppolo fiasco. And that is not yep. that is not what we want here. I'm hoping this is just like a short stint because for 15 games, Brock Purdy was looking like a legend out there. We were dropping 30, 40 points a game. He's making unreal throws. He's still making unreal throws. Mind you, in Minnesota and the game against the Bengals on Sunday, he made some throws where I'm like, oh my God, like how did he do that? It's not like he's been garbage the whole game. Like he's There's been some plays where he's like, oh my God, I can't believe Brock Purdy made that throw, or I can't believe he scrambled out of the pocket and made that run. And then there's other moments where you're like, Brock, what are you doing, man? Like just head-scratching throws. Jimmy never made any good throws, period. So that's the difference. Jimmy would just make head-scratching mistakes and just, you know, screen here, screen here, dish in the, the dink and dunk offense. Purdy will stretch the field. That's the thing that he will do. And he has good awareness, but the turnovers have to stop. Have to stop. They've been brutal, man. Like, awful. So that's the biggest thing for me. But Purdy's got to show up the turnovers. The defense has got to do something. Like, the defense was better on Sunday. They got big turnovers. They got big stops. But for most of that game, they were still awful. Like they, yeah, they were getting Joe Burrow thrown all over. Joe Burrow was cooking us left and right. Like it was not pretty. So I'm I'm looking at the whole team. B like this is not even like a one person thing. It's the defense is playing like trash. Brock's playing like trash. The O line's playing like trash. Like everybody's playing like trash. Everyone's got to come together. We got to play good football. And who do we got after the bye week? We got the red hot Jacksonville Jaguars, who are winners a four and a friggin' row, or I think it's actually five in a row, it's four or five in a row, whatever it is. The, ja the Jaguars are hot. That's end of story. Jaguars are hot. They're playing good football. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know, man. It, it's it's going to be interesting. But the Bengals, <laughs> Bengals, uh, hey, man, watch out. Watch out for the Bengals. Um, so, let's st stick to that time. Facts, facts. And I knew they would get back to it. Um, Broncos, Chiefs. This was, uh, speaking of shockers, man, hey, it's the KC. We haven't seen the Chiefs look like this, man. And the Chiefs, uh, there's been a few times this year. Like, they're 6-2, and two, but they're an unimpressive 6-2. and two, And they got their ass handed to them by the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, dude, their offense this year is like peaks and valleys. Like, I mean, yeah, they dropped 41 against the Bears and, like, 
I mean, everything else, I mean, it's not been super impressive. Like, you know, 17 against the Jags. Like, what is that? That's not a Chiefs score. 19 against the Broncos the first time. Then nine points against the Broncos this time. It's, I mean, I get, I, I kind of chalk it up. I mean, like, the offense uh, we highlighted at the beginning of the year. Like, it's good. Like, the whole Eric the enemy thing, the offense looks worse. That's for sure. But this game, it was just a, I mean, I get it. Mahomes was sick. Um, Kelsey really got bottled up, too. Like, uh, it's just like you never see a Chiefs offense just look that bad. It was just weird. Like, it's – there's no – like, the enemy doesn't make you go from that offense to this offense. You know what I'm saying? They should still be better than nine points against the Broncos. The most this relevant- is a team that got 70 dropped on them. And you're scoring nine? The most – well, I mean, hey, man, that's – that's the NFL. That's the NFL for you, to be honest. Um, but if I if I'm looking at this man, I'm, I'm being honest with you. The Kansas City Chiefs, the most relevant thing for them all year has been the friggin' Taylor Swift memes. Like you, you look at their schedule down the line here. They lost the one point game to Detroit in the opener. They beat the Jaguars in a really ugly game that the Jaguars definitely the Jaguars now would have won that game. Not Jaguars back in week two. They won that game seventeen and nine. They dropped 40 against an absolutely garbage Bears team. They beat the Jets by three points in a game where Zach Wilson might have looked the best in his career. Then they beat the Vikings by seven points. They beat the Broncos the first time 19-8. to Not a good game at all. They beat the Chargers 31-17. We're sure Travis Kelsey was remarkable. But the Chargers also could have been in that game, and they just didn't. And then you lose to the Broncos. You know who their next two games are, Casey? Miami. And Philly, two huge games the next two weeks for the Kansas City Chiefs. And they still have Buffalo and Cincinnati looming later on. Doesn't get any easier for the Kansas City Chiefs, man. And I don't think this is the same Chiefs team that we're accustomed to. They're still going to make the playoffs. They're still going to be the team to beat because they they deserve to be the team to beat, man. They, they've, been, they've been in the AFC Championship for five straight years. They deserve to be, to have that right. But at the same time, it's like... The, the Chiefs are not as good as, as as they used to. And you know who's going to be ready to rock on, on Sunday in Frankfurt? Tyreek Hill. He's going to be ready to go on Sunday, man. Dude, yeah, I mean, that's – and see, like, that, I feel like all of those overseas games are just, just, like, weird for offenses because of, you know, maybe the body clock or something. So, I don't know what, what case, how Casey's offense is going to be short week. Is Mahomes still going to be, you know, like how much practice did he get this year? Because he looked, Mahomes did not look good at all. Like he was turning it over and I was like, what are you doing? Like every time they were driving, it was like, dude, I've never seen Mahomes look that bad. Agreed. Yeah, it. I agree. I have not seen him or that Chiefs, Chiefs offense look that bad. Like it's, that's something we're not accustomed to. But hey, kudos to the Broncos, man, for finally breaking that ugly, ugly eight, eight year streak of losing to Kansas City. Um, that's a big win for, for them. It's a big win for Sean Payton. I'm sure a sign of relief or a sigh of relief for, uh, Russell Wilson. So big win for Denver, but yeah, man, the chiefs. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do, um, in Germany against the dolphins who are also six and two. That should be an awesome game. Honestly, an awesome game, depending on what version of the chiefs we get, but I I'm assuming the chiefs do balance back in that game. Um, I do want to touch upon the, the, the trade deadline things one more time. The Montez with the Chicago was kind of random, not going to lie. Um, Leonard Williams going to Seattle, I think, was big. I think adding him to the Seahawks defensive line, that's a big move for Seattle. I like that move for them, not as a Niner fan, but in general, I think that's a good move for Seattle. Um, Rasul Douglas, the Buffalo, I think is big because they lost Tredavious White for the season. So getting some depth, some veteran depth um, at the cornerback position, I think is big for Buffalo. Um, Detroit adding Donovan Peoples-Jones to light. I like as another weapon. They already have some great fast receivers, and adding Peoples-Jones to that is only going to make that depth better. Rounding out the Week 8 scores, the Jets beat the Giants in one of the ugliest Battle of New Yorks you'll ever see, 13-10 to 10 in overtime. There was a total Dude. of 15 punts. Hey, if you're hunting, you're tuned into the right game on Sunday because there were 15 of them in the first half alone. And you want to take a guess on how many passing yards the New York Giants 
had on Sunday. Take a swing and take a guess here. The whole game? The whole game. 73. Eh, lower than that. 55. Lower than that. 35. My friend, it's not even a positive number. The New York Giants threw for negative nine yards on Sunday against the New York Jets. Negative nine, negative nine passing yards for the game, B. Wait, how is that even possible? Like, I, I don't, don't even get it. Dude. I don't, I'm not really sure it, how it was possible, but it happened. And it happened because my boy Tommy DeVito. I don't even know where this dude's from. From Illinois, third stringer Tommy DeVito came in relief for Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor was four for seven for eight yards before he got knocked out of the game with a ribs injury. I hope Tyrod's okay. And Tommy DeVito came in the game and went two for seven for minus one yards. Saquon Barkley had a day though. Saquon Barkley, Sa- Saquon Barkley pulled a Derrick Henry and ran the ball for thirty-six times. Oh, good Lord. That boy needs a nice bath after that game. Holy jeez. And they still lost. They still managed to loss. That was, was a game. dumb loss, too, though. Dumb loss. Like, they, had, oh, they missed the field goal. And then, I mean, dude, that was crazy. That last Zach Wilson drive to... It was impressive, man. Overtime. It was impressive. It was impressive. No timeouts. And I think they went, like, what, 50 yards About, or something? Yeah. No timeouts. Yeah, because Graham Gano um, missed, the, missed the game. Or, yeah, pretty yeah. much the game-winning field goal. Um, but that was that was crazy. I, I mean, but dude, that game was also garbage. Like, I can't. Uh, I don't know that, how. I really thought. I thought that was a game when he missed the kick. I'm like, dude, this game's gonna end in a tie. And I'm like, just make it end in a tie. Like, please. Like, none of these teams deserve to win. I genuinely don't know how the Jets keep pulling this off, honestly. And it's crazy to think that two of their three losses were against the Chiefs by three, a game that they should have won, and a game against your Patriots 15-10 to 10, that they also could have won. The Jets could have been 5-1 and one without Aaron Rodgers at this point. That's insane to think about. I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know how they're pulling it off. Their defense is playing lights freaking out. And Zach Wilson is doing exactly what the Jets need him to do. Just get the job done. If that's one drive out of the whole game like it was on Sunday, do it. And he did it. I don't understand it. I really don't. But we're going to see them on national television once again against the Chargers on Monday night. The Jets winners of three in a row. And Aaron Rodgers was seen pregame warming up without a walking boot. So wouldn't that be something for a plot twist late in the season? Uh, rounding out the week eight scorelines, Bills over the Buccaneers 24-18. That was another ugly game. Bills could have easily lost that game. Weird one. Uh, Jaguars Jaguars beat the Steelers and also another ugly game, 20-10. to 10. Panthers, first win of the season over Houston. Good call last week on that one, B. 15-13. to 13. Dolphins over the Patriots, 31-17. Titans over the Falcons, 28-23. Vikings over the Packers, 24-10. Cowboys all over the Rams, 43-20. Eagles over the Commanders, 38-31. Saints over the Colts, 38-27. That Saints offense looking kind of hot. Um, after we we trashed it, facts after. honestly, two weeks in a row they've dropped over thirty five points. Taste some hell getting a little more involved. And... Facts, straight facts. Seahawks at the buzzer over Cleveland. That was a fun one. 24-20. Ravens over the Cardinals. Thirty one twenty four. Chargers all over the Bears. Thirty to thirteen. And the Lions all over the Raiders on Monday night. Twenty six fourteen. Week nine. Here we go. Thursday night football. We got Will Levi's. Taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think Kenny Pickett is going to get the start on Thursday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm running with the Will Levis train. I think uh, he gets his big win on a short week in Steel City. Um, I'm going to take the Titans, uh, 21-14. I think so too. I'm going to take the Titans as well, 23 to 16 over the Steelers. Steelers are kind of struggling. And I think Will Levis keeps things going. And hey, when in doubt, if you're in trouble, you got two security blankets on your team. You got Derrick Henry and you got DeAndre Hopkins. So when in doubt, you got someone to get the ball to if you really need it. Huge game Sunday morning in Frankfurt. 
The Dolphins take on the Chiefs. What a game this should be. 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. This should be a wicked game. Yeah, man. I can't believe this is Sunday morning. Like, what? Facts. Um, but I think the Dolphins are going to win. I think the Dolphins are just better right now. Um, and I can see I can see Tyreek Hill just going off. Like, I, I think the Dolphins win this one 31-17. I think they're just... They're just better. Like, I don't know until I see, you know, KC kind of do what I've seen Miami do. I think I think Miami's just better right now. This might be one of, if not the best, international game I think we've ever had. Pinning two, two, two six and two teams. The Dolphins are electric. The Chiefs, well, we think they can be electric. We just haven't really seen it yet. Um, I originally was going to pick the Chiefs because I'm just like, I can't see them losing two in a row, especially after laying a goose egg against Denver. I think they're going to have a bounce-back game, and I think their offense will have a bounce-back game. But then I remembered this is Tyreek's redemption game here against Kansas City, and that's when I was like, same like you just said. I, this this has Tyreek going for 200-plus written all over it. Give me the Dolphins 33-30 in an absolute thriller. 1 p.m. Eastern, ga- uh, Eastern Games. Seahawks, Ravens, this should be a good one. Yeah, that's the best one. I mean, dude, the slate this week is nuts. pretty good. Like, it's an awesome. Pretty, slate. pretty good. Um, this is definitely the best one o'clock game. I think. Agreed. Uh, I got the Ravens. Though. I think the Ravens is like really, really good. Um, shootout, thirty-eight, thirty-one. I think so too. I think the Seahawks are going to play good on the road, but I like Baltimore at home. If this was in Seattle, I might have leaned the other way. Um, both teams are playing really good football right now. Give me the Ravens at home, 28-25. Rams at the Packers, good grief. This is a game that three years ago was among two of the best teams in the NFC. These are two teams that are struggling to buy a win right now. Give me the Rams, dude. I don't think uh, I don't think they drop this one. This, they need this one. This is a vet team that will get it done. Um, give me the Rams, 24-20. Stafford is a little banged up, so I'm not sure if he's going to get the start here or not, whether he does or doesn't. I got the Rams as well. I think McVay will have them ready to rock. I think the Rams win this game 20-12 to in a slugfest. Commanders at your Patriots. Yeah, Pats will, will take care of business here, I think, at home. Um, they lost Kendrick Bourne for the year, too. That's it's brutal. Like, oh, my God. Brutal. How many guys are they going to lose? Um, but give me the Pats, uh, 2017. I'm rolling with your Patriots, too. I know they've been struggling, but the Commanders, hey, I don't know what they're doing on defense after trading two of their best players defensively. Offense, I've enjoyed watching Sam Howell throughout the season, but the Commanders, there's a lot of games that they should have won that they're not winning. And this has a game where I'm like, if the Patriots keep it close, they're going to force Howell into a turnover late. Patriots get a win. I'll take the Pats by three, 24-21. Bears-Saints. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Saints. Saints seem like they might have found something um, last couple of weeks. And Bears, Bears suck. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going Saints 28-14. Bears are back where they belong in the local slots in the 1 o'clock window. Um, against the Saints. Give me the Saints. Saints are rocking and rolling right now. Give me the Saints 29-16. Yeah, like the Bears are just uh, a hot mess, to be honest. The Buccaneers at the Texans. This is a weird one, too. I can see this really going either way. Um, I got the Texans at home. Uh, I got them 28-25. Texans going through a little bit of a drought right now, but I do think they they come back and get a dub. But the Buccaneers are a weird one. Like they're they're not good, but they're not bad. Like they're just. I think these teams are pretty even. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, well, the, well, the the difference is the Texans, the, or sorry, not the Texans. The Buccaneers roster is built with more veterans, but the Texans are built with more young teams. But you are not young teams, young players. Um, but yeah, you're right. They are kind of even. Like the Texans, they're not good, but they're definitely not bad. The Buccaneers, one week they look like trash, and one week they actually look pretty decent. Um, give me the Texans at home, 27-24. I, I, do, I do think they need a win, and I think they'll get one. Um, and they force Baker into a late turnover. Texans get a win by three. Vikings at the Falcons. Taylor Heineke against, I don't even know, Jaron Hall for the Minnesota Vikings. Whew, that's your, that's, 
How about that for your quarterback matchup of the week? Um, Taylor Heineke, game-winning drive, 27-20. I like it. It's funny. We got, we got like, interesting quarterback matchups every week. I mean, we had Tyson Bajan against Brian Hoyer two weeks ago. Last week, uh, we had Will, Will Levis against Desmond Ritter. And then this week... What about Tommy DeVito and... Oh, yeah, Tommy DeVito against Zach Wilson. Exactly. How about that for quarterback? We might have to make this into a new segment, honestly. Um, and then wacky quarterback, yeah, wacky match quarterback of matchup of the week. I, I love it. I like it. I'm actually here for it. Heineke against Jaron Hall. Give me the Falcons. And I like the Falcons defense beating up on young Jaron Hall. Give me the Falcons 23 to 10. Cardinals at the Browns. This should be a gong show. I don't, I think the Browns are going to win, but I don't think they're going to win by much. Um, 21 17. Uh, the really see if Josh Dobbs was still around and he was starting this game I I would consider that but he's not and I don't know anything about Clayton Toon how about this for a wacky quarterback matchup PJ Walker against Clayton Toon how about that one for you Browns are playing good football they lost a game that they honestly could have won against Seattle give me the Browns all day here 31-13 Colts Panthers late window um, yeah, I got the Colts. Panthers aren't going to win two in a row for me. Um, I got the Colts in this one, 28-24. Same here. Give me the Colts, 26-17. Panthers going to be riding high after their first win of the season, and they fall short in this one. However, they might play hard for Frank Reich, though. Frank Reich's first game against Indianapolis. So maybe. Maybe they might play a little bit hard, but I like the Colts, 26-17. Giants-Raiders. Tommy DeVito against Aiden O'Connell. Here's another one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I'm going with the Giants, dude. I think uh, the Raiders are just – nobody wants to be there. Nobody wants to play for them. I still feel like the Giants, everybody loves Dable over there. Like They still got um, guys that want to play. So, give me Saquon rushing for 130. Give me the Giants, seventeen ten. Let's let me let me rephrase this 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 Giants Raiders the game. Let's l- l- let me take another moment to hype this game up a little better. This is a matchup of two of the best running backs in football. This is a year where running backs have not. You know what I mean? It's been the whole off season of how oh, the running backs are getting a lot of this and that. They're not getting paid. Well, guess what? If you want good running backs. Tune into Raiders Giants Sunday afternoon. Josh Jacobs against Saquon Barkley. Now that's a good matchup. That is the matchup to watch in this game. Um, give me the Raiders over the Giants 21-10. Aiden O'Connell, I've actually seen this kid play. He's actually not bad. Um, I like the Raiders at home. Yeah, by 11 here. But I love how we hyped up this slate as one of the better slates. And we just ripped off three games in a row with like the most weirdest quarterback matchups with unknown, with like no-name quarterbacks. It's because we got a good game in every window. Fact. 10.30 all the way to the late. That's a good point. And let's, good and let's get to it. Really, one of the one of probably might be the best game. I mean, Dolphins-Chiefs is up there, best game of the day. But Cowboys-Eagles should be a huge game. This is a big, big, big game for Dallas. For Philly, yeah, whatever. They yeah, look at it, but for Dallas, this is a massive game. No, D- Dallas is almost like must-win territory for them, to be honest, because... It's like, how many times are we going to beat up on these teams and then lose to the ones that matter? Straight up. Um, so, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm taking Dallas. And then, holy, once they win this game, they're going to be talking crazy. And then we're not going to be able to get away from the Dallas hype train until, you know, week 14 when they play Philly again. But give me Dallas 34-31. Wow. If, they, if they're able to do that, I think we deserve to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys after this, if they're able to do this. I just can't see it. Give me Philly 30-23. to 23, And I think the Eagles are beatable, and I've said that all year long. I do. They're really freaking good. They are. They're loaded. They're, they're good at what they do. But they're beatable. I've seen them play. They're, they're honestly beatable. And if Dallas really wants to put themselves on the map, Go into Philly and you win this game, but I don't think they're going to get it done. Give me the Eagles by seven. Sunday night, I'm hoping Josh Allen plays because if he does, oh boy, Bills Bengals rematch. Giddy up, dude. Cincy, I got Cincy, man. I feel like Cincy just has the Bills number. Like, this is one of those games where it's like, you know, the Bills get all the love, but Joe Burrow now is like, no, no, no. Like, we're better than these guys. It's like, 
Uh, I feel like since he just since he just owns the Bills, it should always be Cincy over the Bills in any kind of rankings. But for some reason, it always goes the other way. Um, and they always play with a chip on their shoulder. So give me Cincy in this one. Um, 28-20. Yeah, this is another game just how we're talking about Dallas-Philly. We're like, for Philly, it's whatever. But for Dallas, it's a must-win year. Cincy has been the team that's been struggling, but they're insanely hot right now. If Cincy loses this game, I'm not really going to look at Cincy differently. But Buffalo, I feel like desperately needs this game more than anything. So I'm going to say... I hope the Bills come out of this game, but I, the Bengals are playing way too good right now, and the Bills have been really sketchy. Give me the Bengals, 31-27, Monday night, Chargers-Jets. This game is also going to be uh, just nuts. I think uh, I think the Chargers win. I think the Chargers won 24-17. Um, I don't know if the Jets can keep up with their Chargers offense in this one. This is so hard to honestly give. I know the Jets have won three yeah, in a row, but do I trust the Chargers? Do I trust no. the Chargers? I want honestly. I was surprised they took care of business over the weekend against the Bears. Like, the Bears are just like that in trash. That, in, in that fashion, though, like I thought they would have made it interesting. Yeah, yeah. The only difference is the Bears have an absolutely garbage defense. The Jets have a really, really, really good defense. Therefore, I think they're able to keep this game close. I'm going to do it. Give me the Jets, 22-17, and they make it four in a row. Wow. I think I think they're able wow. to get it done here. Like, I just I don't trust this Chargers team. This is a game the Chargers should win. They should get it done. But they're not going to get it done. Because every time I think they should get it done, they don't get it done. And they're on the road, and it's in prime time. Please, Chargers, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, because I want to. The Chargers are one of, like, honestly, they're one of the more fun teams to watch, in my opinion. Like, I, I enjoy watching the Chargers play, but then it's like, if I was a, but that's being a neutral fan. If I was a Chargers fan, I'd want to bang my head against a wall every Sunday. So, we'll see what happens, but I like the Jets by five in an upset here. Um, whew. So a loaded one, man. There was a lot to get to, but this should be a, a stacked week nine. Some amazing games on the slate. Some Interesting quarterback matchups on the slate as well. Uh, B, final thoughts. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, as long as that we we got we got a killer game in every window, that's all that matters, you know. Like the, we got basically three games that are like, oh my god, game of the year kind of game. Yeah. So that's that's amazing. Literally, yeah. Dolphins, Chiefs, Seahawks, Ravens, Cowboys, Eagles, Bills, Bengals. You got four games from literally nine. Mm-hmm. Nine to nine the entire day, the entire night. You got good football. So, yeah, you really can't go wrong with that. But it should be good. Should be a good week nine. And then we are just over the halfway point in the NFL season already. So, we got winners, or we got, sorry, not winners, losers. We got um, pretenders, pretenders contenders. contenders. Thank you. Contenders and pretenders next weekend. Um, so, we'll get to that next week and a whole lot more. Um, Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. That'll do it from this episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked. We've got a lot more NFL, probably more NBA talk. We didn't even get to James Harden today. We didn't even, we didn't even get to the James Harden trade. Wow. We didn't even get, wow. to, we didn't even get to that. So we, we can open up uh, next week by giving our James Harden, mm-hmm. James Harden thoughts on that as he is headed to Los Angeles and headed to the Clippers. So I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about that. Um, on next week's episode so get ready for that next week and enjoy week nine we'll see y'all next week thank you for listening to another episode of baller island keep it locked and stay tuned we got a lot more sports content coming your way and don't forget to give baller island a follow on instagram and twitter for more sports news and analysis